0: God hates divorce Malachi chapter 2 it's not the unpardonable sin but God hates divorce and the reason is because what divorce will do what it creates the heartache with male and female with little children with friends and those that know us
1: Welcome to Somebody Loves You Radio, the Bible teaching ministry of Raul Reese in Diamond Bar, California. Today's lesson from Rawl begins a new study of Scripture's guidance on divorce. You'll see that while divorce has become society's go-to solution for marital problems, God wants to help your family avoid the heartache of a broken home. With His strength, you can uphold your wedding vows even if it's not easy. Stay with us for encouragement to trust God for healing and renewal in your relationship with your spouse. Here's Raul Reese in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, beginning in verse
0: 1. We're going to be talking about marriage and divorce this morning. A real important topic, I believe, in the church today, because there's a lot of churches that are compromising concerning to the Word of God, what Jesus taught, and what the Bible teaches. I'm not concerned what men say, I'm concerned what the Bible says. Why? Because I want to follow what God says in His Word. I want to be obedient to His Word. So the sermon is not for non-believers. This is only for those that have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Single and married and divorced. Let's pray. Father, we come before you this morning that you just open up the Scriptures to us. And that you would speak to our hearts, Lord. Father, we pray for our nation, we pray for this congregation, and Lord, that you would give us healthy spiritual people, Father, within this body, to continue your work throughout the world, Father, to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ and the hope that we have lying within us, Lord God. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Matthew chapter 19, Matthew chapter 19. Here Jesus is coming back from some of the trips he's been taking around the Sea of Galilee to the different cities. And he's going to be speaking to the religious leaders of his time. They came and approached him, and they were always trying to entrap him with questions. And what's amazing is that as I read the scripture and the text, I thought of how there's uh, so many people today that are divorced as Christians and as non-believers. And when you look at the statistics between the church and the non-church, it's pretty amazing that the church is beginning to pass up the non-church in divorce. As I read the scriptures, I read the Bible, I'm thinking, well, are people not really believing in the Bible as the literal word of God? How can we take the word of God and disobey God's word when God has given us instruction on how to be a healthy and happy and joyous people in the Lord? And we follow these guidelines that are given to us. Not only given to us in the New Testament, but they started to be established way back at the beginning in the book of Genesis by the Lord. Way before Moses ever was given the law of God, the Ten Commandments, the establishment of God's law. And so when the Pharisees came to Jesus, hear Jesus now, this is what he says about divorce. Verse 1 of chapter 19. And now it came to pass when Jesus had finished these saints that he departed from the Galilee and came to the regions of Judea beyond the Jordan. And a great multitude followed him, and he healed them there. And the Pharisees also came to him, testing him, and saying to him, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason? Notice the question. Somehow, they had been taught by two schools of thought, Shemiah and Hallel. Two rabbinic schools with two different ideas. And what's interesting here is that Jesus is being asked, but at the same time, he's being tested by the Pharisees. They recognize the authority of Christ, but at the same time, they're trying to plug in their own ideas and their own beliefs. And thinking that Jesus is going to change his mind in what he really has taught from the beginning of time. Because the question that they're asking is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for just any reason. Today, if you talk to people and you ask them why they divorce, they will tell you, well, you know what? We were not compatible. We were not getting along. My husband was very abusive or my wife was abusive, verbal, physical abuse. Or my husband or wife committed adultery on me. What does the Bible say about all these issues? Concerning divorce. Because it's really important that if you're going to have peace in your life, then you must live by the scriptures. And by the way, some of you that are here today, you're already remarried in the Lord. You know, maybe you got divorced in the Lord and you got remarried in the Lord again. It's not the unpardonable sin, but I will say this to you. You are going to reap to your sin. You will reap the rest of your life. That's what the Bible says. Whether you like it or not. We all do that. It's not the unpardonable sin. Where God says you're damned and you're condemned. But it's really important that we listen to the words of Jesus. He's the authority. I'm not an authority. Jesus is the authority. The word of God is the authority. They came... It's natural, man, and they're asking the question, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any just reason? And then he answered and said this to them. Here's the answer. He said, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made the male and female and said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and mother and shall be glued unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh? So then, they were no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no man separate. Now, it's interesting that he takes them back not to the book of Deuteronomy, chapter 24, but he takes them further back to the book of Genesis, chapter 2. In Genesis, chapter 2, this is way before the law was established by Moses, way before. So here Jesus is letting him know just straight out saying it's not what Moses said but what was planted before the law of God was ever given. This is God's command for men and female. That word that he uses here in verse 6, let no man separate. You can underline it and put this, let no man divorce, literally in Greek. God hates divorce. Malachi chapter 2, hates divorce. It's not the unpardonable sin, but God hates divorce. And the reason is because what divorce will do, what it creates, the heartache with male and female, with little children, with friends, and those that know us. So here he's teaching us by bringing out from the book of Genesis in response to their question about divorce for any uncleanness, anything wrong. He said, No, only because of sexual immorality, adultery. What's this? Verse 7. And then they said to Jesus, Why then did Moses command to give a certificate of divorce and to put her away? Now they're going back where? They're backpedaling. They're going to Deuteronomy 24.1. <laughs> you see? Because in Deuteronomy 24, God told Moses that the only reason he gave them the opportunity to divorce their wives is because they were so critical. They had the hardness of heart. That's the problem with people today. I hate my wife. I hate my husband. I don't want to forgive them. I'm going to teach them a lesson. That's hardness of heart. See, in the law, in the times of Moses, if I was a husband and my wife was cooking for me and she put too much salt on my steak and she brought it to me, I start cutting and taking it in and saying, oh, too much salt on this meat. I could forgive her. I could say, you know what? I've had it with you. I'm going out to the city judges and I'm divorcing you right now. For too much salt. Yep. Too much salt. You're gone, baby. Out. You're done. You see? I mean, that's the law that we're dealing with. And he says that the only reason he did that is because of the hardness of men's hearts. You see? But it was not so from the beginning. Watch what he says. This is so cool. Verse 7 again. Then they said to him, why did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and to divorce her? And he said to them, Moses, because of the hardness of your hearts, permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it was not so. What is he doing? Taking you back to the original law of God in Genesis chapter 2, verses 18 to the end of the chapter, before the law was ever given. And then he said this, And I say to you, that whoever divorces his wife, Except for sexual immorality, and marries another person, commits what adultery? Whoa, adultery! And whoever marries her who is divorced commits adultery.
1: This is Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. For faith-building resources, call 800-634-9165 or visit somebodylovesyou.com. You can also email Raul directly with your prayer request and Bible questions. His address is pastorraul at somebodylovesyou.com. Now let's get back to more of today's lesson.
0: You see, the real law of God says this. If your husband or your wife commits adultery, either Christians You can forgive them, they can stay at home, you continue your marriage. Or you can say, It's been too many times, and I don't want to be married to you anymore, and you have a legal right, biblically, to divorce that person and to remarry only in the Lord. That's what the Bible says, not apart from the Lord. I mean, that's a heavy law that He gives to us. And we want to study it because, you know, we want to make a difference in this world, in this congregation. We don't want young people to be disillusioned, discouraged when they watch people marrying, divorcing, whoever they want, because my wife got too old, so I'm gonna trade her in or trade him in for a new model. Doesn't work that way. Or they're too critical. Now I can see if somebody is getting slapped around or verbally abused every single day that you know you don't divorce that person, but the Bible says what in first Corinthians seven, you give a time of separation for God to work in the life of this person and this person. That's God's will. And if a husband and wife are having problems in their marriage, he says, separate for a time, and you pray and you fast, he says, but if he or she gets tempted sexually, break it and come together and have intimate moments together. Why? Because if you don't, they're going to go out with somebody else. The Bible's real clear. We're the ones that are dumb. We don't listen. We don't listen to what God says. We disobey God's word. And as Jesus is giving the example, he says this again. He's, verse 10. His disciples then said to him, if such is the case for a man and his wife, then it's better to what? <laughs> to be single the rest of your life. And then Paul tells you in 1 Corinthians 7 that God gives single people the gift of singleness for the rest of their lives. And that's your gift. Praise the Lord. But not everybody can be single. You see? God has a way for everybody. So nobody gets stumbled. Nobody can sin against God this way. Real important to stick to the scriptures. Now secondly, we see in Matthew 19 again. That there are three laws of marriage discussed here. Number one, in chapter 19, verse 4 through 6, he discussed what? The original Adamic law. Taking you back again to Genesis chapter 2. But he brings it out in chapter 19. Listen to what he said. And he answered and said to them, Have you not read that he who made them at the beginning made male and female? And I want to make another point here. Another note. It's not male and male or female with female. Male and female. It's not male and two females. Or two males and two females. No. One male and one female. In the beginning. Because a lot of people will argue the point, well, God made homosexuality or lesbian. No, he did not. He did not. It's against God's law. Look what he says. And said, for this reason... A man shall leave his father and mother, shall be glued unto his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So then, they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, here it is, what God has joined together, and the word "joint," what God has glued together. Take two by fours one day, put glue to them, and then let them set for a couple days. And then go back and try to take them apart. You say, you can't, oh yeah, you can. If you take a hammer and chisel between the boards, you'd split them, what happens? It's all splintered. That's what divorce does. It splinters everybody around you. And that's what he says here. He commands it. He says again, look, he says, what God has joined together, let no man separate. And you can put there in the Greek, let the man divorce. Let no man Divorce. Until death do us part, so help me God, I do. That's what the Bible teaches. God's institute of marriage in Eden, long before the Mosaic law. You say, well, what happens now if I'm already divorced? Well, you know, now you got to make up, you know, to the Lord. I mean, that's it. You've already done it. I'm talking to believers, not non-believers. If you came divorced in the world, and then you came to Christ, all things are new. But he's talking about Christians, those that have come to Christ and now divorce. And are going to start a new life with somebody else. What's the reason? Why did you divorce? Was there fornication? Was there adultery? Was there physical or or mental abuse? You see, there are things like that in marriage. But it doesn't mean you divorce. There are times of separation and healing and allowing God to work. Before the ultimatum of divorce. So we're taking what God's word says. And yet the Bible gives us at least four purposes for marriage. Let me give them to you this morning. Number one. Marriage was to continue in the human race. God wanted to populate the earth. That's one of the reasons of marriage. And by the way. Marriage is so cool. Because that's the only place where God allows you to have sex. That's it. Apart from marriage, it's fornication, it's sin, and it will send you to hell. Read the book of 1 Corinthians in Galatians and Ephesians chapter 5. It tells you clearly. Secondly, marriage was for companionship, enjoyment of one another. He didn't want you to be alone. He does not want anybody to be alone. In Genesis 2.18, he said, and the Lord God said, it's not good That any man should be alone. I will make him a helper comparable to him. God says, I'll set you up. I'll give you what your heart desires. God knows what he's doing. We do not know what we're doing. He does. Number three, marriage was to avoid what? Fornication. Sex before marriage. Sex before marriage. How beautiful it is. When you find someone that has never had intimate intercourse with anybody. Imagine how beautiful that is. First time in marriage. Oh, they're out there today. I don't think everybody is messed up. It's so cool. Because God will bless you for it. Paul the Apostle says in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 and 6. Listen carefully. And not concerning the things of which you wrote to me. It is good for a man not to touch a woman sexually. Nevertheless, because of sexual immorality, let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. To avoid fornication, get married. Get married. That's God's answer to you. Get married. If you don't get married, you're a fornicator. You're in sin. Then he goes on to say this. Let each man have his own wife and let each woman have her own husband. Let the husband render to his wife the affection due to her. Now here he talks to the husband and says, you know what? Husbands, be understanding with your wives in everything that you do. And likewise also see that the wife to her husband, the wife does not have authority over her body notice, but her husband does. And the guys are saying, oh yeah, there it is. Underline it. <laughs> oh, but let's read on. <laughs> and likewise, the husband doesn't have authority over his own body. You see? can you what he was doing. He says, and likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but his wife does. Verse 5, do not deprive one another, except with consent for a time that you may give yourselves, get this, fasting and prayer and then come together again so that Satan doesn't tempt you because of the lack of your self-control. What does he mean? That if you're separated as a husband and wife and you're praying and fasting, and let's say the husband or the wife says, you know what, uh, we got to come back together physically. Otherwise, what happens at the gym, at the store, meet somebody else and then commits adultery. And You can make that happen in your marriage. Watch what else he says. He says, by fasting and prayer, come together again, let Satan also tempt you because of your lack of self control. But I say this as a consension, not as a commandment, you see? It's really important that we understand Paul's advice, Paul's counsel to the Word of God. And then, fourthly, marriage was to show the relationship between what? Christ and his beautiful bride, his church. That's why he wrote in Ephesians five twenty two and twenty three. Wives, submit to your own husbands as unto the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. God's original purpose for marriage was that one man should be with one woman until death do us part. That breaks up the marriage, according to Jesus and according to the Word of God. He said, "Are you sure?" Romans chapter 7, verses 1 to 3. Paul brings it up again. He says, Do you not know, brethren, for I speak to those who know the law, that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives? For the woman who has a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he lives. But if the husband dies, she, Christian, is released from the law of her husband, So then, if while her husband lives and she marries another man, she will be called an adulteress. Wow. An adulteress. But if her husband dies, she is free from the law, so that she is not an adulteress, though she has married another man in the Lord. You see? God tells you how to do it. So you're not in condemnation. You're not guilty before God. You're free in the Lord. So, it's really important that we understand that the Bible is to us not only God's word, but that the Bible tells us that marriage is basically a physical union, although it ought to be a union of minds and hearts too. The marriage union is even stronger than family ties. For a man is to leave his father and mother and be cleaved to his wife. That's what God declares that makes a successful marriage, a happy marriage, a marriage in the Lord.
1: Nurturing a healthy marriage takes time, patience, and commitment. And sometimes it can feel simply too hard. But if you and your spouse are struggling, we hope that today's lesson has been a challenge for you to seek God's help rather than giving up and seeking divorce. You're listening to Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese. If you'd like to hear this program in its entirety, just call 800-634-9165 and for a gift of $5 or more, we'll send you the lesson titled, What Does the Bible Teach About Divorce? We'd also like to tell you about this series that's available on an MP3 flash drive. Rawls' four-message divorce study explores more of what the Bible says about marriage and provides insight into how God can work mightily in your relationship when you commit to obedience. You'll also see that you can fully trust the Lord with your heart. To order Rawls' four-message divorce series, visit somebodylovesyou.com or call 800-634-9165. We'll send your flash drive for a donation of just $10 or more. That's 800-634-9165. Or you can write us at Somebody Loves You Radio, P.O. Box 4440, Diamond Bar, California, 91765. We encourage you to utilize our many free resources. Straight Talk with Rawl streams on his YouTube channel every Tuesday at 10 a.m. West Coast time. It's a program that features biblical direction for navigating life fully in step with God. And for daily biblical wisdom, visit somebodylovesyou.com and subscribe to Ron's free daily devotional emails. Somebody Loves You Radio with Raul Reese is fully listener supported. Thank you for partnering with us. Your donations are a blessing and every gift is tax deductible. Be sure and join us next time for more instruction and encouragement from the Lord. Together we'll quiet our hearts and minds to reflect on life-shaping wisdom from the Word of God. This program is sponsored by Somebody Loves You Radio in Diamond Bar, California.